It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's good, everybody? It's your boy Brennan Scott again with my guy, the real Ed Oliver. Today, we have a special guest, Mr. Chris Miller. Today, we're going to talk about should this franchise retool or rebuild? And when we you notice, I said when, when we get the point guard of the future, who is the odd man out with the point guard group? Next on Locked On Wizards. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Brandon Scott, again, Locked On Wizards with my guy, the real Ed Oliver. Thank you for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. And today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Go to HelloFresh.com slash NBA60 and use the code NBA60 for 60% off plus free shipping. So today we have special guests, the Wizards play-by-play announcer and the host of the podcast Off the Bench, Chris Miller. How you, how you doing today, sir? I'm amazing, guys. How y'all doing? Thanks for having me on, by the way. Yes, sir. Appreciate you coming on, man. So we're going we're gonna to hit you with a lot of questions today, but again, appreciate you coming on today. So let's start with, um, obviously, it is now the end of the Wizards season. And if you look at his fan base this season, it's been very divided where on one hand, you do have fans where they want a full rebuild, tear it all down and rebuild. Where on the other side of the aisle, you do have fans who do like this current core of Kyle Kuzma, Christopher Zingas, and Bradley Bill and these young squad and want to kind of build on that and go forward. So if you look at the goal of every NBA organization to win a championship for the Washington Wizards, for them to attain that, what is the quicker route? Rebuilding or working through this current core and trying to go through that method? First of all, thanks for having me on, guys. Again, I appreciate it. Um, that's a great question because, uh, like you said, they're really uh, maybe more than two schools of thought, but that seems like the prevailing thought of the T-word or as status quo. And <clears throat> as I understand it through uh, my experience recently with Wizards fans, um, the loud minority, I'll call them, want to see a complete teardown and start from scratch, right? My only question for that, and it's always been this way with that philosophy is two things. One, how long is it going to take? Because of how you go about building a middle tank of, first of all, tanking is illegal. I mean, let's just get that out of the way right now in this pocket. You can't do that. If you do that, you get fined. There could be some other repercussions. So the T word, first of all, is illegal. But if you do subscribe to it, I've never heard anyone tell me what the plan is. Is it three years? Is it five years? 10 years? And what I've always said to people, and I'll say it on this podcast, is 
if you go to games and you're a ride or die fan and you're paying NBA prices to watch a team have a bunch of young kids out there and they're growing and developing, you're not paying G League prices. You're still paying full freight NBA prices. Are you willing to do that? It'd be like going to your favorite fast food chain. I won't give any free plugs out here, guys. But if you go to your favorite burger spot and they tell you, hey, look, man, we're working on this special sauce. we got to get this salt-pepper combination right on this burger. If you come back in three years, it's going to be really good. Would you still go to that same establishment for three years? So why would you want to do that for your sports team? That's why the tanking philosophy just doesn't make any sense to me. While I do understand fans are frustrated and upset, think about that the next time you think about, oh, I just want to tear it down. Well, how long is it going to take? Because if you tell me it's going to take, hey, Chris, in three years, we're going to the Eastern Conference Finals. I might actually sign up for that. But you can't give me a forecast of how long it's going to take to do that. Oh, and by the way, you're also dealing with human beings. Here's something that no one ever never talks about with tanking. You got to get 15 guys on the same page that play together, right? As you look at tanking, I look at the Philadelphia 76ers. The process, right? Do you know there's one player that's still left on their roster when they started doing that? Now, in my opinion, I think he's the three-time MVP, Joel Embiid. I think he should have won the MVP each of the last three years. But there's no one else on that roster. No Jaleel Okafor, no Markel Fultz, no Michael Carter-Williams. The list goes on and on and on as they were going through this rebuild and doing the tanking thing. So that's a long answer to your question. Yeah, and hey, I actually agree with you, man. I mean, I, I I get it. You know, I do get because yes, I am that guy that I'm part of that crowd of rebuild. But in the same token, I I will say this is that this current core with Bradley Bill, Kyle Kuzma, and Christopher Zingas, they are a fun core to watch, and you do see the potential with them. And I do I understand the argument that you know if you look at it on one side, they say the sample size is you know a little too small to really totally judge this group. But then you know my my counter argue is the sample size is big enough to pay all three. So that, that's kind of where I'm coming from. But, you know, I think the with a lot of Wizards fans, now obviously you're going to have the weirdos out there that is mad to be mad, uh, <laughs> both sides, you know. <laughs> uh, but most people, I think most people overall just want to see a vision, just a, a plan. Like, you know, what, what, you know what I mean? Like, what is the blueprint? What are we trying to do? Because, you know, me and Ed, we always use two examples of teams that are kind of, you know, and while the, the DMV is not a small market, it's, is considered to some a small market compared to Philly, New York, LA. But the two blueprints to me um, that I always use that I want this team to use is the Cleveland Cavaliers. And really, if you look at the Sacramento Kings, I mean, they, they're two destinations that haven't always been big as far as free agents. But if you look at Cleveland Cavaliers, man, you know, they, they, they drafted well, they developed. And when it was time for them to take that step forward, they acquired that piece, whether, you know, if it was, um, you know, Donovan Mitchell, you know, but if you look at the draft success, man, they, they it really paved the way for the success the franchise is having, you know, because most of their talent was drafted. And if you didn't same thing with Sacramento, you know, homegrown talent. So when they needed to make that move, they got Sabonis, you know, so that's what I want to see in D.C. And that's where a lot of people just I think that's where the frustrations lie. 
You know what? What you just said right there, uh which you and I are a thousand percent on the same page. This is where you and I agree. Yes, sir. You got to draft them, which means guess what? You got to hit. Yeah. You have to hit on these people. And it goes back to what I was saying about the human element. It is great to look at whatever you want quantitatively on a computer. The analytics are one thing. I'm still old school. I believe my eyes tell me a lot about the game of basketball, but I do understand that analytics are an important part of the game. But if you don't draft it right, all this other stuff that we're talking about is irrelevant because at the end of the day, you're going to have to pay these kids, right? So you get them in that rookie contract, they develop, then you're going to have to pay them. I go back to Oklahoma City. Sam Presti hit home runs. Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, James Harden, the list surge about the list goes on and on, right? They got to a certain point when they got to the finals and they lost to Miami. And then guess what happened? We don't have to pay somebody. We might have to pay two. We're not going to be able to pay three. They made a decision. They were going to go without James Harden and they stuck with Serge Ibaka. I always thought that was the mistake for OKC. You had to figure out a way to keep Harden, Westbrook, Durant together for one more run. But because they made the decision to allow Harden to leave, this is why I'm saying the drafting part of any type of rebuild, you got to hit. And now look at Oklahoma City again. They've done it again. They've drafted well. They've got a lot of talent, young talent. They're going to have to eventually pay. But what do they have also? A treasure trove of draft picks. So they can be able to what? Supplement their roster. So that's kind of like, I still believe in that model. I still believe that that works. And I agree with you with Cleveland. I'm about to go see them play game one against the Knicks Saturday. I'm going to Cleveland to watch game one of that playoff series because I want to see them two go at it. But I do think that that's still the model that works in the NBA. I just don't subscribe to the other one. Yeah, and like I said, I, I agree with that. I'm not a, you know, one of these people think that, that tanking is an own separate issue in the NBA because, you know, I, I agree on that subject. Um, it's just, you know, from my standpoint and a lot of fans' standpoint, it's just division. You know, we, I, you know I'm a lifelong Wizards fan. You know, I'm, I'm raised in the DMV, so I've been here since Chris Webber and the Bullets. So, you know, I'm not old enough uh, for West on Sales dad. I'm, you know, I'm still 30s, uh, 80s baby. But, um, I'm, you know, we've been through a lot of eras. You know, if you look at Gilbert Arena's era, you know, they went but so far. You know, the John Wall era was a very promising era, but just went so far. I think it's just, you know, if you look at, especially with other sports in D.C., you know, the Capitals won the Stanley Cup. You know, the Nationals got their World Series out the way in 2019. There's a lot of Wizards fans who are just hungry for a championship, you know, especially oh, yeah, if you look at, yeah. you know, I mean, you look at the turmoil with the Commanders. You know, that's a whole nother issue. But, you know, I think that's where it's at. It's just vision is vision, because I think most people will agree that they like the core. I mean, uh, you know, Kyle Kuzma, you know, he has grown so much as a player coming from L.A., you know, going from a role guy to a guy that's really a complete basketball player. You know, KP coming in and being healthy, you know, this year, it showed a lot of what his selling is, because in my opinion, both of those gentlemen should have been all stars. You know, Kyle Kuzma and Christoph Bazinga should have been all stars. And then Bradley Bill, you know, look, you know. Get into criticism against Bradley Bill. Here's my thing, and this is my personal opinion. Um, I'm a big fan of him. You know, I'm a, he's my one of my favorite Wizards all time. You know, I think the criticism comes from the contract. That's is you know, and I, obviously there's people out there that got issues. Me personally, it's just the contract. You know, when you sign a quarter billion dollar contract, it brings certain expectations, certain the you know you know what I mean. Like, and that's where I'm at. My problem with Bradley is just leadership. 
You know, I, I want to see him step up and be more of a leadership role, getting into people. Same thing with Sensel. You know, I want to see him. I, I really want to see both of them successful in the nation's cap. It's just I want to see more. You know, I want to really see Western still take charge of the locker room and really, really put his name on this franchise, man, because, you know, I, I want to see him kind of supersede his dad as far as his importance to this franchise, because I do believe in his team, man. But, it's just, you know, so that's where I'm at. Um, So before I pass the mic and the torch to my guy, the real Ed Oliver, tonight's episode is brought to you by ultimate basketball general manager the ultimate pro basketball gm is the coolest game i've played in a long time always thought i'd be a great nba gm as it turned out it's not that easy if you had the same thought and had fantasized about managing your own basketball franchise go and download ultimate pro basketball gm right now the game allows you to manage every strategic aspect of a franchise playing through seasons and leading your franchise and fans to glory as you build a historic dynasty in a simulation you're responsible for dealing with challenging personalities hiring the right coaches and assistants trading and training players, making draft picks, and navigating your franchise through free agency and the draft and all the ups and downs of multiple seasons in the NBA. All this in a challenging and realistic game. Ultimate Pro Basketball Gym is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go as you want and when you want. Locked On Wizards fans and listeners get 100% free boost to their franchise when using the promo code Locked On in the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probasketballgm.com, scan the code, and look it up on app stores. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM, start your dynasty. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. See, today. So I'm going to go ahead and go ahead and hand the mic over to my man, E. Yeah, so Chris, you brought up some good points at first. The only thing I would say about the attendance is, you know, where we are right now, they're ranked 21st in attendance right now, 30th in, in capacity. So, yeah, fans wouldn't come to see, you know, we saw the JaVale McGee years and Nick Young and Andre Blatt. Shout out to those guys. They were all good players at that time. That was the time where, you know, we drafted John Wall, got Bradley Bill. But right now, the attendance numbers aren't great, what we're doing right now. We're still that middle build, 35 and 47, 35 and 47. So it's kind of like, is there really that much of a difference between ticket sales right now and then what would it be if we were like the Rockets, you know, 15 to 67? It wouldn't be too far out, too far off from a numbers-wise. Um, but yeah, it would be a lot harder to get fans in the seats. Personally, I would be watching every game. I would still go to some games here and here and there, because you know me and Brandon, we're diehard fans. So that's the point I say to that. And then also with hitting on picks with what the Sixers did, with hitting on Embiid, they, they missed on Markel Fultz. It didn't work out, but Markel he's a dog now with the Magic. Um, they could have got Jason Tatum, um, Jalil Okafor didn't work out. Nerlens Noel didn't work out too much. Th- those guys productive. They missed on a lot. They, <laughs> they missed on a lot, but they did. They did hit on one. And if Ben Simmons, if he doesn't have the mental hurdles he has today, and Kawhi Leonard doesn't hit a crazy three-point shot then yes they make the eastern conference finals you look at the hawks they rebuild they had kyle core that had all hofer they rebuilt they drafted trey young they got to an eastern conference finals and we haven't gotten to an eastern conference finals since 1978 so they re, they retooled and started over and they got there before us okay see they have rebuilt they've retooled they got chet hill homegrown now they're in the plan we missed the plan so there's other instances where you do look at it and they retool it may not be tanking but they i mean the thunder they basically are tanking other teams have retooled and restarted. And they're kind of getting 
farther than what we have. You look at Cleveland, LeBron left. They had to retool. They drafted Garland. They drafted Mobley. So other teams have retooled and started over, and they're getting further than us. So that's that's what the frustrating part is when you look at other teams and they're getting draft picks. They're starting over. They're getting top five picks, and they're further than us. And we have a, a, a trio of guys who have star potential or who are who play like stars at a star level, and we're not making the playoffs. So that's the frustrating point from a from a fan standpoint. So that's what when the points that you made. That's what came to my mind on that. Um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be tanking, but it's like okay, how 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 far are you going to go if we go thirty five and forty seven again next year? What's the you you're gonna have to have some tough conversations with Brad, with Zingas, with Kuz if he's still here, Tommy Shepard, West Elso Jr. There's there's gonna be some tough tough conversations that are gonna have to be had. You know, listen, and and the reason why I I, I will never ever subscribe to tanking, especially with this team, is guys, you've already invested two hundred and fifty one million dollars into a player. Horse There's absolutely nothing we can do about that. We can't relitigate it. It is what it is. So why would you tank if you've invested that much money into one player? Yeah. And right You're now I am now. I am. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, please go ahead. Yeah. yeah. And I, I am with if if they're really in in it to win it, I want them to go all in. I want them to get a point guard. I want them to get a small forward. I'm with it. I'm behind it. I'm behind them trying to go in and win whatever it takes. Um, whatever point guard is available or a small forward to bolster this team, go ahead and make that move. The only thing where I had, you know, I guess the discrepancy of, you know, what you said a couple nights ago is when they, when they are out of it, you know, when they, when they're eliminated from the playoffs, you know, what do you do for the rest of the year? So that, that's the only discrepancy. I'm not really with tanking all the way, but I do understand rebuilding and how that goes. Yeah. I, I think um, it, it, it's funny because it, <laughs> There's like three different kinds of tanking, I guess. There's like the extreme model, which I think was like what the Sixers were doing. There's kind of like this middle of the ground tanking. And then there's like this soft tanking. I mean, I, I get the business model, but for me, the business model doesn't make sense. If you've already said we're locked in on Bill, no pun intended with the name of this podcast, by the way, we're locked in. Okay. And you mm-hmm. want to bring back Kuzma and Porzingis. If you're going to invest that much money into three guys, why the hell would you take? To me, that's saying, hey, we're putting all of our chips in the middle of the floor and we're all in. Now, to your to your point, Ed, here's where the Wizards have to do a better job. You got to hit your draft picks and you have to those around the edges kind of moves, because, again, when you invest that much it's taking you to a threshold in your cap, right? So what do you have to do? You got to hit on player six through 15. And I think what they is, and I've said this multiple times on the broadcast, I love me some Jordan Goodwin. You got to get Jordan Goodwin type players to fill out your roster, right? I love me some Quentin Jackson. You got to fill out the end of your roster with players like those. So wherever they pick in the lottery, you got to hit on this dude. And I understand you get a better chance if you get Wimbanyama, Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller. But as I'm doing my homework, uh, there's a couple guys that's going to be probably where the Wizards are going to be. You guys know they're going to probably be, what, eight or nine. That's normally how it's going to work, right, unless they get lucky, right? So you just got to hit. And I'll say this other thing, too. 
Uh, you guys talked about point guard. I can't agree with you guys anymore. I'm spoiled, okay? Westbrook. There's a certain style of point guard that I'm used to, that you guys are used to. We have to put more pace into the game. We've got to run more. We cannot allow other teams to load up defensively on us because we're slow walking the ball up. I've Look, every night I say this to Drew because of the wall and Westbrook that we've all had. Even Ron Strickland, when he was – these point guards put a lot of pace into the game. And I will say this. Wes Unsell Jr., when they finally made the decision to put Porzingis and Gafford in the starting lineup, there was an uptick. So there are certain things that you can do that can help the basketball team without stripping it down. Because that's not what's going to happen. You're going to go with Beal, Kuzma, Porzingis. What do you have to get better? Probably got to get a wing, maybe a 3 and D guy. And you got to get a point guard to put some more pace into the game. 100%. And my question that I had for you was, um, so Tommy Shepard, he had the interview with Wes Hall. Um, I want to say it was before the last game of the season. Uh, he gave the team an incomplete grade on the season. I just want to get your thoughts on that. He also used injuries as – a point or as an excuse to why they went 35 and 47. Uh, what were your thoughts on it? If you had to give a grade on the season, what grade would you give it? And uh, what, what was something that you, or some things that you pinpoint that went wrong in the season? Well, I wouldn't give it an incomplete. I would give it a, a failing grade. If you win 35 games out of 82, I mean, you guys all went to school. You do the math, right? That's, that's not a good grade. Um and there are a lot of things. I mean, I, I think they just got off to a bad start I, and kind of understanding their personnel. I talked about Porzingis and Gafford putting him into the starting lineup. I think that took too late in the season to identify. Um, there was that 10 game losing streak. And I go back to December the 20th in Phoenix. If the Wizards wouldn't have won that game to snap that losing streak, we might be having a different conversation today. So th that losing streak was tough. Um, I think we needed to put more pace in the game. I really do. That, that to me, I go back to that because they'll even admit it now. And it's funny. I think they even mentioned it in some of the exit interviews about, you know, we got to play with more pace. Uh, I almost thought that they were kind of allergic to it early on. Like, no, 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 we can't do that. No, that's what you have to do when you've got athletes like that on the floor. Um, there was some positives. You know, I think about for the cancellation of that Pistons game. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. We won six in a row, right? I think the Wizards won six in a row because they went down south, got those wins. I think we beat the Knicks at home, and then I think we won five on the road. They postponed that Pistons game in Detroit because of weather. I think that actually was like the worst thing that could have happened because the Washington yeah. had so much momentum at that time. And then the win at Minnesota before the All-Star break was a huge win. Might be one of the three wins is like signature wins. I thought the Phoenix win on the 20th of December was huge because it snapped the 10-game losing streak. I thought the win at Sacramento, the Kings were hot. The Wizards won that game. And I thought that Minnesota game at Minnesota before the All-Star break was huge. The problem is coming out of that All-Star break, remember what happened. Wizards blew a 20-point lead at home to Portland. They went on the road to Brooklyn and did the same thing. And I remember I just lost it. And I, 
thank God for Drew Good, man, because I was like, look, man, you have to, you can't blow back-to-back 20-point leads. So those are some of the things that kind of happened during the year. But I will say at the end of the season to see some of these young kids um, develop. Again, I've talked about Jordan Goodwin. I, 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 he's my MVP of the, of the season, guys, because he kind of changed the tenor of the season early on. You go back to that game against Memphis, at Memphis. I mean, he locked in on John Moran. And then the very next night, he goes to Charlotte and he has a perfect shooting night. So Jordan came out of nowhere. It was a two-way player. Then got his contract torn up and got himself an NBA deal. Um, I'm all over the road with uh, with that answer, but that's pretty much how I thought kind of how the season unfolded. Yeah, I thought uh, Kuz brought up a good point in his extra interview. He said that they they led the league, and, and you and Drew brought it up in the broadcast too, how they led the league in 15-point uh, blown leads where they had a lot of <laughs> a lot of leads. The Nets game where Cam Thomas dropped 40, like you said, the Blazers game, they gave up leads. Uh, just so many times where they had leads, and I was just confused that Porzingis would, you know, there's a lot of games where Porzingis would have 25 points in the first half or 20 points in the first half, and he and he would end up with 24 points. So I was kind of confused with that. The defense didn't get better from last year. The three-point defense was was pretty bad for the first half. They got better with that towards the end. And then the two games where they had they had a home game, home game stand, they had the two games against the Hawks at home, the two games against the Raptors. They split yep. with the Raptors, but they lost two games against the Hawks. That really hurt. The body language was a little off, and the Coos talked about the clutch, you know, Wes, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, you know, Brad gets the ball at the end of the games, and kind of like they they don't get the ball at the end of the games, and the body language is a little off after those comments from Coos from what I what I uh, saw. Um, so, yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff to pinpoint, but, um, yeah, I, I think they, they had a great stretch before the All-Star break, like you said, but they kind of they just fumbled it after the And that didn't have anything to do with injuries. See, that's why I won't subscribe yeah. to injuries. I, I just mm-hmm. – no, because when they came out of the All-Star break, they were actually healthy and they were not playing good basketball. So mm-hmm. I get the 35-game sample size of Beal, Kuzma, Porzingis, but they went 16 and 19. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's 35 games and you're sub-500. So um, I can't argue with the fact that they want to run it back. That's fine. But – you got to run it back with now. Okay, what more can this team do if these three guys are going to come back and be the stalwarts of the team? What around them can make this team better? By the way, I didn't mention Corey Kispert was another guy that has proven to me, man, that brother needs some plays called for him. You understand what I'm saying? Like, not just, hey, Corey, just go in there and just go into the corner. Nah, he's done way more than just being a guy that can just shoot corner threes. He can put it on the deck. He can now get to the rim. He's always been the best cutter on the But if we're going to look at kind of towards the end of the season, who kind of leveled up, it was Corey Kisford. 100%. And when DeLon Wright was out for X amount of games, the defense – uh, you can just tell how reliant it was on him. So that's something they have to, that that's something that Tommy has to fix um, in the off season. But we're gonna get to Brandon's question, question. But before we do get to that, tonight's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars. 
Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. So don't miss your chance to get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Going to check in on the Hawks and uh, Miami Heat game right now. So the Hawks are beating the Heat 97-91. I did put a little money on the Heat to win that game, um, but it's it's looking really tough. Hey, all right, young fella. Okay. <laughs> Just a little bit, not too much, because uh, I, I, I had a feeling the Hawks were gonna we're gonna play pretty hard. I think Trey got the message, man. They said the smoke is out there, and he might try to get rid of him. They did, they did. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're gonna slide in my question real quick. Um, so when I'm not gonna say if, because I believe we will find our franchise point guard in this draft. Is just. Too many good prospects. Um, so when we find that guy, and I, I'm hoping this case in Wallace, man. I'm a University of Kentucky guy. It goes all the way back to John Wall. That's that's who got me into Kentucky. So um, when we find that guy through the draft or trade, whatever it may be, somebody's got to go. Because if you look at the point guard, Def, you know, you got Monte, you have Delon, and then you have Jordan Goodwin. And if you look at Jordan Goodwin, definitely earn a spot because both me and E are big fans of Jordan Goodwin. The dog he has inside of him, the effort just – He's that guy. Every team in the league needs a Jordan Goodwin. Easy. Um, you look at DeLon Wright. Again, you know, you guys uh, mentioned earlier, you know, when he was out, it showed how important his acquisition was and how his leadership and his defensive prowess, especially on second team, how important it was. And then look at Monte. You know, a lot of people are hard on Monte, but I'll, I'll say this. You know, he did fill into that starting point guard role, and, he, you know, his shot was starting to drop. He really settled into that role. Now, obviously, we know we can't do He's low undersized. Defense can be an issue sometimes, but I felt like he really was getting better as the year went on. But one of them had to go. So in your mind, when we finally Ooh. get that point guard, who's the guy that goes? Oh, that's a tough one, man. <laughs> um, like you said about Jordan Goodwin, man, I, I got to keep him. I mean, you got to – I'm greedy. We got to have two or three kind of Jordan Goodwins out there. Um, when DeLon was out for those 29 29- Missed him in terms of his defense, getting into the passing lanes. Look, Monte Morris um, was a backup point guard in Denver. And then when Jamal Murray got hurt, he had to slide into that starting role. Again, it's hard to be a starting point guard in this league. But if what you're saying is if we get a point guard in the draft or in free agency, who's going to be the odd man out? It might be Monte. Because I think of what DeLon and what Jordan Goodwin does and how that really fits with what Wes Unsell Jr. wants out of that lead guard position. But again, I go back to I'm spoiled, right? There's a certain type of style that I like with my point guard, i.e. Wall and Westbrook. If you can get it off the rim and push and you just wreak havoc on defense and getting into the paint and kicking it out to shooters – I think that's the kind of point guard we need moving forward because it's sustainable. It works. 
and, and pace has to be really important. I think if the Wizards could be a top 10 team in pace and still do all the other offensively, they could be really good next year. We haven't talked about defense yet, but offensively, though, if you can get it off there. And, you know, Kyle Kuzma does a good job of that, too. I do kind of like the equal opportunity to get it off the rim and try to get it through the forecourt as fast as possible. But I would really like to see a dynamic point guard in that lead role position uh, kind of getting the offense going. Yeah, I agree when it came to Kyle Kuzma. And we, we said it all year long that we felt when the offense flowed through KP or Kuzma, it was a lot more fluid. You know, we really, but we felt it was a more fluid offense. Uh, Bob Moon was better. Um, but looking at point guard, I agree. You know, we I think we're all pretty spoiled because you know you go through a decade of John you Wall. Too? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Because <laughs> yeah, I mean, too? <laughs> hey man, look, John Wall was electrifying. I mean, he could yeah. push the pace. I mean, his vision. He was just a, a consistent shot away from being a big fan. My favorite player of all time. I mean, I'm I'm one of those loyal fans where you know I I get it, man. You got your Jordans, you got your Kobe's, but to me, I'm so loyal to Wizards fan that you ask me who my favorite player of all time is a Wizard. John Wall's my guy, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm with you. You know, I, we definitely need a point guard who A is gonna push the pace, B, who's gonna collapse the defense, who's gonna lead to open shooters. Because look, God, look, you know, I'm gonna go back to Kyle Kuzma, Chris Opperzingas. Look, the shots, you know, both of them shot very well. You know, Kyle Kuzma, you know, the, the volume, you know, we got on him about volume. You know, sometimes he can be a little, you know, trigger happy. But you know, I felt like, you know, just the how he evolved as a player is incredible because I'll admit how, I was, how he shoots. At the end of the game, I mean, I've, I've said his name a lot. When the there game, you go. <laughs> most of these times, he hits those shots. So I do like his clutch gene. Yeah, sometimes he, you know, <laughs> he's a quick shoot guy type, you know, but clutch situations, I like the ball in his hands. Oh, absolutely. And, another, you know, one of the things that we had as goals before the season started, me and E, was pushing the pace, you know, because I believe that when you push the pace, you're catching their defense off guard. They have right. to, you know, they got to be that much faster to set their defense up. And, uh, and you know, and like, and, you know, like they said in the exit interviews, they were starting to push the pace a little bit. But so I think that if they find that guy that can make this team fast, you're going to see a really good team, especially with that point guard. We need that point guard because like you said, they're moving forward with this core and I get it. It is what it is at this point. You know, you can be pro or anti this or that, but, the direction they're going is the direction they're going. And you know, as his fans, we're going to roll with it. But I believe that if you want to get the most out of this core, you've got to find a point guard who's going to push the pace. And then we can talk about 3D wing. And then, then I think we're cooking with oil. So that, that's my opinion on it. Yeah, fish grease. Uh-oh. It's been hot here. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, so, yeah, we're going to do some, you know, rapid fire questions. Some of these are long questions, too, from – uh, subscribers, people who watch the channel in the comment section on YouTube. So this is from uh, WizKids on, on one of our subscribers. Um, he said, I would appreciate to hear you guys and Chris Miller's perspective on this. Jay Huff freaking balled out for us. He did everything yeah. Gaff can do, plus shot threes at a much lower price. Would you be okay with trading Gaff to the Warriors for Kaminga? Uh, Warriors need a center. We need a truth. Nah. Nope. <laughs> I, I like Jay Huff, but nah, keep the landlord right here. You got him at a really good price. He was signing that extension early because I think if you look at the value of what shot blockers are going to go, what Gaff can do, they're probably going to make a lot more than what he's making right now. And look what Gaff did when they sat Porzingis. 
Gaff's play leveled up also. And again, this is why it was important down the end of the stretch to see what Gaff could do against the Milwaukee's. Against these teams that were fighting against Atlanta, these teams that are chip chasing or playoff chasing, I thought Gaff really showed he has definitely improved. You think about where he was kind of like in the beginning of the year, he was getting foul trouble. Oh man, Gaff's got two fouls early. Here we go. And then now he doesn't get in foul trouble anymore. And now towards the end of the year, he was hitting turnaround 15 foot J's. He's stepping into his shot. So you're seeing that development part of, yeah, I'm not, I loved Kaminga coming out of the draft, but no, I'm sticking with Gafford. 100%. Uh, what questions did you have, Brandon? Um, I'm going to do some rapid fires real quick. I want to make it a little little challenging real quick. But right. uh, be- before I move on, man, I, I agree. I-, I actually adopted Daniel Gafford as my guy. That's my player. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 he, man, he's a humble dude, too. If you just see, he's just, I, I love his personality. I love yeah. his play style. And the fact that he, you know, what do you ask players from an organizational standpoint? Get better. You know, he's worked on his game. You know, he's out there hitting jumpers. Man, when I, that, what was that? I forget what game it was, but he's sitting out there hitting jumpers. And I was like, E, he's already hit two jumpers. I mean, <laughs> we're not talking about one jumper. He's sitting out there hitting jumpers with good form. He's working on his game. And so, you know, like you said, in the beginning of the year, we were starting to question whether we were comfortable going into next year with the extension because, like you said, foul trouble is an issue. Uh, him going against bigs that were bigger and stronger became an issue, but he's made so much progress. I have no issue with him being here long-term. I love his game. And like I said, just the fact that he continues to work on his game. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I mean, he's just, he's turned into a really, really solid player in his league, man. Cause he didn't know what you were getting coming from Chicago. You know, he was a lob threat, but he didn't have these other tools in his offensive repertoire yet, you know? So it's, it's really good to see him add to his game, but um. I'm going to ask you three quick questions real quick. Um, This being or concluding the 25th anniversary of the rebrand from the Washington Bullets to the Washington Wizards. um, Looking at three eras, you got Bradley Bill, you got Gilbert Arenas, and you got John Wall. You got to pick one to build around. Who do you pick? Wall. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to rock with that. Wall's my guy. What about you? Who are you building around? Oh, you said Gil, Wall, and who was the other point guard? Uh, Bradley Bill. Bradley Bill. Um, yeah, we went through this through this too. Um, I do think the best out of the three is is Gilbert as an individual player. But I guess if you're trying to build around, because you know Wall is going to make guys better. You know, you got Marto Webster paid and Otto paid, and you can name Gortat paid, and uh, you can name so many guys that he made better. I'm not saying that Gilbert didn't make guys better, but Gilbert's just more of a killer scorer. But if you're going to build a team around um, John made Brad better and get him shots. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I, if building a team around somebody, I, I probably would go with John as well. I mean, good Lord. He got Otto Porter paid. I'm just saying. Got him a check. check. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You need to hug him every time he see him. <laughs> Send him a Christmas card and a Christmas gift. Absolutely. So look at that bigs real quick. Now, if you look at Chris Opperzingas, he is the modern-day big. He can shoot from high in the arc. You know, he can put the ball on the floor. Um, if you had to choose between him and Martian Gortat, who are you rolling with? Ooh, y'all know March is my man. Um, KP, like you said, he can just do so much out there offensively. And 
Look, there's another level I think KP can get to defensively. Marshall's my guy, though. He can set some screens, get people open. I like his pick and roll game with Wall, but I'll go with Porzingis. Man, yeah, I had to go Porzingis too. Um, I got one more question before we roll out. All now, right. I know that you're from Charlotte. Now, my wife is actually from West Charlotte, and uh, she wanted to actually know. She wanted me to ask you where you went to high school because she wanted to know what part of Charlotte you're from. But I'm from Winston Salem, actually. Oh, okay, got you. Close I'm enough. <laughs> Would she go to Providence? Nah, she went to West Charlotte. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. She she you gotta tell me offline what her favorite barbecue spot is. Got you. <laughs> <laughs> so as you know, in Carolina, there's only two main basketball schools in college basketball. Carolina, we'll just finish it right there. There you go. <laughs> okay. You <I> even <laughs> Yeah, because you can't wear anything, Duke, in my house. My, my, my wife will give you that look and it, it's a done deal. So <laughs> I'm with you, brother. I'm with you. <laughs> Cool, man. So uh, before we roll, E, you got any more questions, man? No, that's it. Um, I just I just want to get your thoughts on Wes a little bit. And, you know, what do you want to see from Wes next year? I know. Um, you know, you know he, it's interesting when you were a first time coach and I didn't even really think about this when he first got the job. I was just so excited he got the opportunity. Right. I, I knew Wes when he was here before, but there are a lot of things you have to deal with as a head coach. It's not just X's and O's, it's managing men, right? And there's just a lot of things that go into it. And for a neophyte, a person that's never done it before, you're gonna have to learn on the job. Look at me. This was my first year being the voice of the Wizards and I learned on the fly. So I can kind of understand like, they're gonna be some ebbs and flows and how he's doing his job. But the one thing he's got to be is flexible in his thinking. And I think what I mean by that is when they decided to go Porzingis and Gafford, look what happened. Um, I think putting pace into the game. Once they started doing that, look what happened. Um, In-game strategy, coming out of timeouts. There's so many things, working the officials. Am I getting Brad enough shots? Okay, is Kuz getting some touches here? Defensively, what are we doing? There's just a lot of things. And I think once we get into next season, I think there's going to be growth in his coaching ability. But make no mistake about it, I don't think that was a bad hire at all. I think this guy is very smart. And spending as much time as I have with him this season, you can see him growing as a coach. You know, the 10-game losing streak. It couldn't get any worse than that, right? Actually, blowing two 20-point leads on back-to-back -back games and blowing seven 15-point leads. So all these things he kind of learned on the fly. So I'm looking forward to seeing where his growth is next year if they do indeed run this back. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, yeah, I, I was just intrigued with your thoughts on Wes. Um I think he's had some some good moments, and then he's been on the wrong side of history, of course, with, you know, last year the Clippers lost, 35-point lead blown, a lot of leads blown. Um, but, you know, he's still learning. So it's, it's kind of like in hindsight, do you think they could have went with somebody with more experience? Would that, would that have been better suited for Bradley Bill? You know, I'm not sure. Yeah. You know, whatever coach kind of comes in here, because, again, the thing I always go back to, guys, is the human element. 
again, it looks good. Somebody coaching on another team. Oh, okay. Well, if we just bring them here to DC, it's just going to work out. That's not how it works. It's how do you get one coach? Now I will say this. I think he's got to get more assistant coaches that have NBA experience, like guys who have played. I like the James Posey edition because like they see the game a little bit different, right? Because they've been in the 94 by 50. So I think maybe adding maybe another guy that's played in the league, that could just be a springboard for him and kind of be like, hey, in this situation, it's under five minutes. Da, 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 da. I think that would help Wes. But um, in terms of him coming back, I've already seen him grow in that in that role. So I think he's going to do a much better job next season. Yeah, yeah and that's it. If, if Do you have anything else, Brandon? Oh, I got a quick question real quick before we roll, man. Um, You know, we don't see certain aspects like you guys see working with the organization. And, you know, one popular statement made by fans is they feel like West Unsell Jr. may be a little passive, not, you know, is that totally – a true assessment? I mean, is he really... No, I've type- seen him cuss them out. No, that ain't... No, <laughs> no, look. This is one of those where don't let the smooth taste fool you. Don't don't let what you think you... No, if he has to let you know how he feels about something, uh, he's not shy. I remember, it must have been last year, I think we were in New Orleans, and they were late for their flight because he was in the locker room cussing them out letting them really know like he didn't appreciate the effort that night. So no, I, again, I, I understand, you know, fans, fans want access. They want to know what's going on. And there's kind of like that perception that he might be just a nice guy. Um, no, you can be, you can be nice and civil and then behind the scenes, you know, you, you, you can let them know how you feel. Got you. No, no, that was something I was wondering, man. Cause like I said, you, you see, you only see so much. Yeah. And, you know, that's a popular opinion that people feel you know, like fans really- want to see him get a technical. And I always say this. <laughs> Why y'all trying to get in that man's wallet? That man don't want to give the league no extra money. Oh, <laughs> that's not what we're doing. <laughs> Absolutely. So, hey, again, we definitely appreciate your time. Uh, we appreciate, man, coming I appreciate on. you guys having me on. And uh, thank you for the passion. I appreciate you guys having me on. And for the fans that are listening and watching you guys, you know, Stick with it, man. Look, I'm. who am I to tell you how to feel? I just tell you how I feel. And, and we're all in this together, right? At the end of the day, and I said this during the broadcast um, against Houston, we all want that parade down Constitution Avenue by any means necessary. However it works, we want to see a parade um, because I think the fans, I think we all deserve championship caliber basketball. Absolutely. And uh, me and E were actually at the game for the Houston Rockets game. So um, we were actually sitting, I don't know what we were like, 10 feet away from uh, Megan McPeak. So we were in that area of the arena. Oh, you, you, y'all was next to our security guard. Okay. There you go. I should have came over and said hi to me and Drew, man. <laughs> By the way, Megan did a great job. I'm looking forward to listening to her and Christy Winterstock call Mystics Games this year. Looking okay. forward to seeing those ladies get out there and get it cracking. Yes, sir. Well, again, appreciate you coming on. Uh, before we roll, do you have anything you want to plug real quick? No, nah, I'll see y'all next season. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> off. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. One, two, three, Cancun. Yes, sir. Okay, appreciate you, you guys. Thank you again. Yes, sir. So, all right, everybody, we're going to call it there. But, again, appreciate everybody. Um, again, Chris Miller, appreciate your time. Looking forward to next season, play-by-play. And definitely check out his podcast, Off the Bench, is must-see TV. So again, appreciate your time and everybody have a blessed night and peace.
Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.